This is Alicia, and welcome to the College Life Podcast. I am super passionate about education, personal development, growth, and bringing out the best in every college student. This podcast will help motivate you, empower you, and bring you clarity and confidence in who you are, in your purpose, and help you take action toward a life you love. Don't wait until you graduate to live your best life. Let's start now. Welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here, and today I have with me Nace. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do for a living, and then we'll dive into your college experience. Sweet. I'm so excited to dive into my college experience. (laughs) So I am Nace, Nacia. Um, I love that you call me Nace. It's amazing. Uh, and um, what do I do? So I call myself a coach and facilitator. Uh, what does that even mean? Uh, I love working with humans to support them in creating stronger relationships with themselves and with other people in their lives. So I'm trained as a relationship systems coach. Uh, which means I get to work with groups and teams and the dynamics and all the, both the awesome things about what it's like when we're in relationship with other people and the challenges and how to really create strong aligned relationship. Uh, That's what I do with groups. And then I get to do that with individuals, really helping them mindset coaching. So helping people really author their lives, like own who they are, what they want to do, and help them create clarity and confidence in, in their life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know too many college students right now, but they are having a hard time with confidence for sure. So I'm so excited because I think relationships play such a huge factor in our confidence relationship with ourselves and with others. So I can't wait to dive more into what you do and how you do it and how you can help all of us do life better because that is so needed right now. Let's do it. Yes. So before we dive into that, um, let's talk a little bit about your college journey, just so students can get a feel for who you are and your own college experience. What is something that stands out to you from college that was really impactful for you? Yeah, we, we just go in. We don't like ease into it. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I was a studio art major in college and I went to college in New York City. I'm from Chicago. And something really impactful, I'm just going to share the first thing that came up for me is learning about my really creative side and my critical thinking, problem solving through an art major in New York City, doing my projects, like going to the Met for my research papers and hitting up Soho to go get my supplies because I didn't need books like everybody else and taking a camera and my music and wandering around the city so I can get inspired from my five different huge art projects I needed to do for my classes. It I go back to New York City now and there's just something that takes over in my body because it just brings me back to that like creative juiciness uh, that all started when I moved to New York for an art major for college. Yeah. So how did you decide on art? 
Such a great question. So freshman year of high school, we were tasked to write a paper about what we wanted to be when we were older. And I knew I wanted to start my own business because my parents are both entrepreneurs and I wanted to be an active mother in my kids' lives. So I did research and I found a mom of, a, of someone, like a family friend who was an interior designer. Like, that's it. It's so funny because I didn't, my mom's really artistic and her family is, but I didn't take any art formal art classes. I just had this like love for design and color and space, but I really didn't do anything with it. But freshman year, I wrote a paper and I interviewed her and that's what it was. She could be an active mom and creative and had this art. And so I was just set. I had a plan. I knew I was going to get married by 21, maybe 22. I was going to become an interior designer and start my own business. Everybody, that's not my life today. <laughs> what? You mean you, you don't make plans and they just happen? What? <laughs> so you were in college, you're doing all this art stuff. What was challenging for you in college? Uh, I would say one of the biggest challenges for me, oh, two things. One is I went to a college that was very much, the culture was get in, get out, get in, get out. Mm. And so my whole college experience was how fast can I finish this? Which did not allow me to be very present in the experience because I was so focused on how many more credits I could take so I could finish faster wow, do I look back and not regret because I don't regret, but I, I wish I had someone talking to me about the power of the experience and being present in it and not racing it. So that's definitely, it was a challenge. And, and I was a transfer student because I actually did a semester in Chicago before I transferred to New York. So that just created challenges with trying to figure out the schedule. I would say the other was uh, finding my people and I really came to college. I had a really challenging time in high school and college. I did a gap year actually in Israel f before I went to college. And then I went to college and it was really the first time I was like, I get to choose the people. But then I looked around and I was like, I don't fit in, in the way that seems like everyone else is. And so I got to find my outliers, all my, all my peeps that were, uh, also felt the same way. And so it was both the biggest challenge and the greatest, uh, I don't know, opportunity accomplishment when I found my people because it took me a lot. And I, I dated, I felt like there were all these groups of people. I mean, like I dated friends. There were all these groups that were already close knit from camp or from this or from that. A lot of people were already friends. And I saw qualities I really liked in these people. But I never went to camp. I didn't go to these programs. I didn't know these people. And I literally would invite myself and really work hard when all these people knew each other and had shared experiences. And I would just like, okay, I just have to keep showing up until we have shared experiences. And then that's how it grows. And I remember going on a girl date with one of a close, still a close friend today. <laughs> and we went thrift shopping and we went to a art gallery. We each, we each, uh, uh, worked like planned part of it we each planned part of it and then and we talk about like we actually we went on a date to become friends <laughs> that's so awesome and I really feel like both of the those things that you said were challenging so the the you know getting in getting out how soon can I finish and at the same time like trying to find your sense of belonging like 
who are your people? Who even do you want to be around? I mean, I think a lot of times when we get to college, we're kind of like, I guess I'll be friends with these people because they're close. They're like close in proximity and you're kind of desperate because <laughs> you just want to, you know, have some friends. Um, so um, I, I love that you talked about shared experiences. I think that that is so key to building relationships and we don't talk about that enough in the college setting of you have to have these shared experiences and find these shared experiences. So then you can make friends. Right. So how did you, did you know that? Or did that, did that just kind of happen organically? Huh. Did I know that? Um, hmm. I, I, I knew that. I knew that because I watched how they were interacting with each other and I knew, okay, just stick with this. And, you know, you said something really powerful. It's so often we get to college, we just want to have the friends. So it's whoever's around us who lives in the, you know, room next door or whatever it is. And you're so right. You know, I'm working with a client right now who's 20 years old and we're working about around friendships, a lot around friendships. And it's just hit me when you said this. And we started talking about uh, what type of atmosphere we want to create in the coaching experience. I always start out my, with my clients that way. And she starts naming qualities she wants. And those ended up being qualities she wants in friends. But she didn't even know how to name them. And now she actually knows what she's looking for because she wasn't feeling a sense of belonging or that she could really be herself or that people would respond to her when she had something like deep and meaningful to share. And so it's just a reminder around like no naming the qualities we want to come out of ourselves that we want to share with others. And what we're what makes us feel really good in certain spaces and then not settling for less than that and that's like in romantic relationships and friendships in work opportunities so I just really wanted to that that felt really pertinent here yeah I almost think it's too it's like this it's like at first you might have to just survive right it's and that's kind of a, a really loaded term so that that terminology survive, but you're kind of just like, I need friends right now. I'm going to just do whatever it takes. And that's okay to be in that mentality. But you kind of eventually have to shift out of that to say, okay, I have some friend group. I have a friend group. I don't know if this is really the kind of friends that I do want. And you start kind of questioning it. And then that's whenever you start to thrive because you start to allow yourself to open up to actually question who do I want to be around? Who do I want to be? And then how do I find those people, right? How do I create or find those shared experiences? And so you start shifting the survive mentality into thrive because you're around your people. And I mean, that's actually how we met, I think, because we instantly connected whenever we, you know, we have like these experiences where we, um, So we both went to this uh, event called the Thought Leadership Summit and highly recommend that you check it out if you are, (laughs) you know, interested in that. But um, I feel like, you know, we had the shared experience and then we also went through it together. We we processed through it together. We connected after. And now it's like we automatically are like somewhat friends and we barely even know each other, but we vibe so well. So it's it's it just opens up a lot of opportunities. So it's just such a cool thing. And you took a risk. 
you said, hey, I want to get to know you more. Are you open to doing this? And and we and actually created something. So it also there's a courage in making relation in building relationships. I was going to say making friends, but building relationships. Right. Somebody's got to take the first step to to invite somebody in to do something or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Every, so good. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants it. <laughs> yes. And even when it's awkward, and you're like, I don't know if they're going to say yes, but I'm just going to try it out. And you know what? Like. I could have interviewed or like talked to five people and maybe three of them would have responded or one of them, or it was just you responding. Right. That's right. the way the world works. And that's okay. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, not everybody is your people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Awesome. Is there anything else that happened in your college experience uh, or something that you learned about yourself while you were in college that would be helpful for other students to hear? I'm going to just go back to what I shared before around not, rushing through Hmm. and how, how can you be present in the experience you're having now? Because life will come and all the things are going to happen and oof, just what, what might it look like to be here only and what can be created if you're not future thinking all the time. And you know what? You're challenging me right now because literally all of my podcast is about like who you are, who you want to be and how do we get there? (laughs) So it's so good for even me to hear this. Um, and I'm really glad that we're talking about it on the podcast because I don't really talk about the present as much. I'm like, okay, what are you going to do after college? What are the experiences that you want to create while you are in college and having a lot of intentionality around that? But what did it look like for you when you weren't present? Like, what it, like, is there a story that you remember, something that stands out where you were just like, you're not in the moment. And then now looking back, you're like, wow, I wish I would have really paid attention to like that experience or I don't know. Yeah. Well, the moment that I thought of, I don't know if this is relevant anyway, was me sitting in my bed in my dorm in my sophomore year of college and doing the math to figure out that I could finish in a shorter amount of time and realizing, okay, I'm going to do 21 credits a semester. And Uh, hold on. that just by just please do not Don't do that. that. And I also had an I, I also was working for an interior designer throughout all of college. I had a paid internship throughout all of college and I babysat. It was I it was a hustle. It was a grind and it was a hustle. And so what did it look like was what is the next thing I need to do? And there was so much rich experience. Okay, get to the next thing. It looked like a race. And not, and not, um, I don't know, a joyful parade or something. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. That's awesome. And I think it just really helps where if any student is listening to this and they can identify with that potentially. Right. So yeah, that's good. Slow down. Mm. That's the best advice I could give you. Yeah. Oh, college is so fun. Anyway, okay, well, let's go ahead and transition now into really your work and your focus, which is really on 
your relationship with yourself and then also relationship with others. So I really wanted to start off by talking about what do you mean when you're talking about your relationship with yourself? What does that look like? What does that even mean? It's a great question. I love the, the, the laugh that goes along with that. What are we talking about when we say self-love? What does that even mean? So I'll share what it means for me, because I bet you, if you, you ask a lot of people, you get a lot of different answers. So what it means for me is we have so many different voices and parts of ourselves, right? We're not made up of one identity. There's so many identities that create our wholeness. And so often we're proud of some and not of others. And so I can even share for myself, I amplify the ones I love and I try to quiet the ones I don't. When in reality, the ones that I don't have just as much wisdom, even potentially more, to actually like want good stuff to happen in my life um, as the ones that I'm proud of. And so when I think of relationship with self, I think of what does it mean to be a best friend to somebody else? And how can I start treating myself that way? How can I actually treat my relationship with myself? Like, like we're just talking about, about college, like getting to know another person. Uh, and doing it in a way where this is my favorite thing in the entire world is shifting from judgment to curiosity. Mm. And so what does it look like to start getting curious about myself and what I'm made of, the ingredients, the people, the experiences, the ones that I choose to remember, the ones I choose not to, because even the things that we choose not to pay attention to are the things that are actually impacting us, honestly, more than the ones we pay attention to and have a lot of really good stuff to share with us. So that's what I think about when I think of relationship to self, getting to know ourselves like we're getting to know a friend. Do you have a practical example, maybe from your work or personally, where you can give us an example of what what that can look like or what, like what that means, what that means even more so. I don't know. Yeah, totally. So I, I can maybe give you a few. So first of all, when I think about, and I think about this with, you know, something we were talking a lot about is what does it mean to trust ourselves and how do we do that more? And uh, people say, trust your gut or we have intuition, right? It's like, what does that mean? So the way I, I like to think about it is that we have a lot of voices. I'm going to give an example. Okay. We have a lot of voices. So I'm going to go back to that, that piece I was just talking about. And we, us, there are certain voices that we give more airtime to. So imagine on a radio where the volume is turned up. So you know those voices. I'm talking to all of you listening to this. And you're like, oh yeah, I always hear that. My, I have a really strong planner voice, whether it's one that you might call doubt or anxiety or uh, indecisiveness. Okay. Are you recognizing some of these? And there, then there are also the ones that are right underneath some of those, right? Like playful, spontaneous, adventure, kind, curious, um, right? So 
the uh, investigator, an observer, so many voices that we have. Oftentimes we give the mic over, we give the airtime, we raise the volume on certain ones. We're actually in the driver's seat of doing that. We don't often realize that. But we're the one choosing to turn the volume up. And so people can get really frustrated. I can get really frustrated. Why does this voice keep showing up? And so a way to get to know myself is actually doing this, having a conversation with my planner voice. She's not me. She's a voice that lives in me. And I've done this, asking her, hey, planner, what, what are you trying to protect me from? Because every sensation we have, both physical pain, emotional pain, emotions, is a communication. It's trying to tell us something. So a way to start getting, this is shifting judgment to curiosity in real life, which is asking my planner, hey, what are you trying to protect me from? You show up a lot and it makes me really anxious. Oh, you want to know that I'm going to feel accomplished at the end. Okay. All right. Okay, so now I know what you need and what you're trying to protect me from so that I feel that certain way. Thank you for showing up. Sometimes you're really helpful in that way. And sometimes I don't necessarily need you. I remember um, I, this. I remember this so vividly. About a few years ago, I was in Utah and I was there for uh, Park City, my first time snowboarding there for a weekend. And I was sitting in the hot tub by myself. It was like, a, it was a beautiful moon and the stars are out. And I remember sitting down and my planner voice showed up and she's like, all right, enjoy where you are. Be present here. Make sure that you're making the most of this trip and you're making most of this moment in this hot tub. You're looking at the stars and you're enjoying it. And I remember saying, hey, I do this out loud, by the way. Hey, planner. I get what you're coming, right? Because I've had a conversation with you before. So I know why you're showing up. You want me to really feel like accomplished. You want me to feel like I'm really using this moment. I'm actually going to invite appreciation to show up here so that your need will be met, but someone else is going to be doing the, the mic. Someone else has the mic here. So my appreciation voice, so planner was like, okay, I got it. I can go away now because I'm, I know, I know I'm being met and an appreciation showed up and I just relaxed into it and chose who I wanted to be leading in that moment. That's an example of me in my life really getting to know myself and taking ownership over who I want to be leading. You know, what's so interesting is that whenever you said, you know, trusting yourself and having like all these voices, I immediately thought external and not internal. Mm. And I wonder if that is because of the work that I do with students every day is I feel like, and this is not a blanket statement for any, like, or this is a blanket statement and I don't mean it to be, this is not every single student that I work with or every single student that is out there in the world <laughs> at all. But what I notice is that students aren't listening to the voices inside themselves quite yet. Or if they are, it's, it's the ones that are very negative, <laughs> that are very loud. And then what they hear the most are the external voices, such as their family, their friends, whatever society is kind of deeming important right now when it comes to careers and major. 
And I don't know, I don't know. Like, what do you think about that? What do I think about it in what way? Like, do you see that in your clients or do you feel like? Totally. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting because college is a really formative time and mentors and role models and people that have more experience than us, like our parents, like our teachers have so much wisdom and it's not to be ignored. Um, I think there's an opportunity to do a yes and, which would be hearing what the these external, first of all, being very wise about who you're listening to and choosing to count on for, uh, for advice or for support. And so knowing what, who, who feels really nourishing when you talk to them, who feels like they lift you up, who feels like you can be your honest self, who feels like they can hold your challenges and your joys. So I would say that's number one is just being mindful of who those external voices are and choose, choose a number. And then the rest of them don't (laughs) know, know that those don't feel good. So setting that boundary, I would say would be number one. And then the next is listening to what people have to say and then sitting with what people share with your internal voices, Mm -hmm. with your, with, yeah. And then having that be a conversation. And that's a beautiful way to get to know yourself is hearing the external and then knowing that you're the final decision maker. You're the one that chooses And if you sit with it, you'll know, I promise you, you will know what feels good and makes it. And I'll tell you how to do this is our bodies tell us so much. And if you sit quietly, I know this isn't something that is necessarily something you might not be comfortable with this right now, um, or might be a little scary. uh, I promise you, this is going to be such a tool Uh, which is sitting and feeling either a feeling of like tension. It might feel like pressure or like your stomach hurts or like you're, you're tight somewhere in your chest or your shoulders. That's a feeling that means this doesn't, this doesn't feel good. And if it feels, if, if you're sitting with something within yourself and you feel like you take a deep breath, you notice yourself take a deep breath, or there's just a little bit of a lighter feeling or you get the chills or that, that ache goes away, that's a great sign that, that that's something that feels really good for you. And that's a way to start listening to your internal voices is also listening to your body. Mm. I think one of the hardest parts for me, and I feel like I was not even aware of any of this and when I was in college, but really Same. looking at the difference between um, anxiety and excitement have you heard of this before? Like that relationship? Yes. Can you, it's my favorite. Thing oh, in the can world. you talk about that? Because I have been like super interested in this recently and I don't know a lot about it, but I can definitely resonate with that. And even when you just did that practice, so we're looking to buy a house and I'm so scared. I've never made this, per- this type of purchase before. It's huge. It feels like, oh my gosh. And when I just did the exercise with you, I was like, I, that's what I had in mind. And it was, it was light. It was excited and it was more excited than anxious. Does that make sense? And, and I feel like it was was clear and 
yeah. So anyway, just thought I'd share that, but yeah. So talk, talk a little huge. bit about like, cause they're very similar in feeling, right? right? Yeah. Right. Right. So physiologically we, we experience nervousness and excitement the exact same way. And so you can imagine someone going on a roller coaster and like you put all the, you know, you, you, you put all the like EKG stuff on them. They have the exact same experience where it looks the exact same. And one person, you can imagine my arms going up if you can't see us. One person saying, yes, let's do that again. And the other one is like, oh my God, no, 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 no. And it's literally people, they're having in their bodies physiologically the exact same experience. And so it's how we interpret, how we choose to interpret those exact same uh, bodily sensations and experience. So I had, oh, I had a client yesterday who is a teacher and she said she gets really nervous. She's like, I still get so nervous before each one. And I said, or excited. And we talked about this exact thing. And she's like, oh yeah, I get really excited before each time I teach. And in that moment, she chose, because it's the exact same one. You're just choosing it, how you experience it. It's wild. So wild. And I think also I want to make a caveat here that anxiety and nervousness is nervousness is different. And I think, um, we use anxiety in a lot of ways when we mean nervous, we also sometimes say nervous when we're actually anxious or, you know, and so, you know, talking to a counselor about that to really figure out where you actually lie and not doing that self-diagnosis yourself would be great. Um, but, um, but yeah, cause I know I use those in interchangeably a lot and I think it's partially cause I'm trying to figure out that for myself too, but, yeah. um, but anyway, so I just, I, I love that so much. Yeah. Well, I also just want to say asking I do this with tons of clients, asking your anxiety, what it's trying to protect you from, because oftentimes it's, it's showing up not to hurt you. It's actually showing up to protect you. And when we can listen to that, what that voice has to say, we can often give it what it's needing. So obviously there's so many different levels of that and, uh, and medication is needed in some situations, et cetera, mm-hmm. but it's a beautiful practice to go alongside wherever you are in that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yes. So good. All right. So how do we start trusting ourselves more? Talking to ourselves, sitting with okay. ourselves, listening, I would say all those things. Okay. And one other thing that might be helpful for all y'all in college is keeping a list of things that bring you joy or aliveness or fulfillment and doing them, Mm. do those things. And it's the things that might be things you did as a kid. I would definitely reference this. What are the things you did as a kid that you haven't done in years? Because that will often tell us what brings us joy and and lead us to some good juicy stuff about what we might want to do with with our purpose, where we might find friends in college and all that, all that juicy stuff. So starting to just explore those pieces and knowing that when, when you, whatever you write down or however, whatever you hear when you're sitting with yourself, listen to it. Mm. Love it. So good. And I don't think we do this, you know, that often I worked with a student a few years ago and he was like, 
like had to like be off social media for a while. And he was like, Alicia, I feel like I'm thinking for the first time, you know? And I was like, oh, yes. And oh my gosh, you're really thinking for the first time now, <laughs> you know, like, right. um, but he was being so like vulnerable and real. And I really appreciated that. So, you know, pay attention to that too, right? Like, where is my energy right now? Where am I, where am I investing a lot of my time and spend a little bit more time getting to know yourself? <laughs> Yeah. And, and our screens and our phones are, are out to it. Oh man, I work with this with every single client and with myself, they are out to make us addicted to them. So we have to work extra hard, not extra hard. I don't like to say hard. I I change it to effort. Actually, we have to put in more effort to, uh, to, to create that time today. I'll share with you a kind of a funny anecdote. I was going to the bathroom and I usually always bring my phone with me. And I intentionally said, I am not bringing my phone with me to the bathroom. I'm like, why do I bring my phone with me to the bathroom? And it was just a moment of real uh, liberation and like freedom to not feel like I needed to be attached to in that moment. So even that would be another way to start trusting yourself and to have that space to listen is choosing intentional spaces, either times at night or morning when you're, when your phone's on airplane mode, that's my biggest trick for myself and, uh, giving myself time in the morning to wake up to me and not wake up to all the external pings. I keep my phone on airplane mode overnight. I know that takes something. It took me time to get there. Um, but choosing intentional times to leave your phone is, is a beautiful, important practice. Yeah. I think one thing too, that's helped me trust my voice more or my trust myself more is that when I listen, when I hear myself and I hear something that is true for me or something that I need to do and and like, Oh, I need to do this. And I feel that pull. If I do it and I follow through, my voice gets stronger. But whenever I try to like you're like, no, like, uh, like, you know, you have the inner dialogue where you're just like, no, I'm not going to go like do that fun thing because like, you know, oh, like I'm scared or I don't know these people that well, or, you know, whatever it is, it's like, that is actually like muting your voice. Right. right? And it's like getting less strong because you're not listening to it. You're choosing to ignore it. And I think when somebody told me that that was really eye opening for me because I realized oh my gosh, the more I listen to my voice, the more, um, I'm happy, <laughs> like the happier I am. Oh, so good. Yeah. And also what you said is action. When you, when we're in action, all, everything else stops. So the more we can get into action, even doing one small thing. And that's what you were saying. When you do the thing, that's all I heard was I'm in action. Right. And it's still, it's definitely a starting small, right. And then it's like, then I can trust myself more that whenever they are these big decisions that I have to make, right. Investing in money, investing in time, my time, changing schools, applying to grad school, applying to these jobs, right. Like I can hear my voice more and trust myself that I'm on the right track, even when it doesn't feel like I am, or it doesn't feel externally. Like I am, I know in my heart of hearts that I am on the right track because I've listened and I trusted myself, um, to get to this point. So, uh, that is so beautiful so much. So good. Um, so you talked, I I feel like we, I want to transition out of self, but, um, before we do that, you also mentioned self-love early in the podcast. And I, I just feel like a lot of uh, listeners actually do struggle with this. Um, so I just wanted to see if you have any 
thoughts or ideas about self-love and how we can love ourselves more or better. Yeah. Yeah. So number one, all the things that we just talked about, like trusting, it's all intertwined. So I just want to name that. Uh, it's not anything separate. It's just, and this is, this is where, how do we treat our best friends? So <laughs> the way you treat your best friend, treat yourself. I send myself birthday cards. <laughs> I, and get myself, I, I, I mail myself letters when I need a pump up. It's just like a small little practice, but it's like things that I would want from a best friend, buying myself flowers, little things like that, and really treating myself. But one thing that I would say has, has been really powerful and uh, for me and something that one of my coaches gave me to th this task and I give it to most of my clients is, um, is, is a mirror affirmation, is looking myself in the mirror every morning, making eye contact with myself and this is what I say. I say, Nasia, I love you. I accept you. And I celebrate you just the way that you are. <sighs> and I'll tell you that I felt like I was talking to a stranger for months. Mm -hmm. Months. And I remember coming back to my coach and being like, I, I don't feel it. I'm doing it wrong. And it was painful. And she said, keep going. I felt like I was talking to a stranger too when I started and it took me about six months to really feel it. And mm -hmm. I didn't stop and I still do it today. And now when I look at myself in the mirror, I smile. I don't leave the bathroom until I really feel into her. Mm, that's good. And so I would say there's a beautiful patience and an excitement of getting to know I'm learning things about myself all the time. I learned last year I love to dance. I'm learning things about myself all the time. And instead of feeling like I'm meeting a stranger and that's scary, I get really excited about it. And so I would say, again, moving from judgment to curiosity and, and, and spending time with yourself like you do a friend, that, and take that mirror affirmation, put it on a post-it, put it on your mirror, Put it in a secret language if you're in a dorm that has just a heart that reminds you about what it is. You know, when I first started, I kind of, I think I wrote the words like love, accept, celebrate. That's all I wrote just to give me, you know, I didn't want anyone to see it or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So put it in your journal. When you're driving somewhere, look in the mirror. I don't know. But that's, those are some, some beautiful ways to begin that and don't stop. Yeah. I love that you said that it was hard for several months to do that, but you've gotten to a place in your life where, holy crap, that was so worth it. Like I spent a lot of time doing that. And like, whenever I realized that I love myself and it took me a long time to get here, it was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. Honestly, I was like, holy shit. I love myself. I love who I am. I love who I'm becoming. I'm not trying to rush to the next thing. I'm I'm like happy. Like I am happy with who I am and who I, who I'm trying to become as well. Like yeah. y'all know on this podcast, I'm all about growth and development and we're constantly growing and changing. And like, we have to be happy with who we are as well. And it's because of the work that we've done too, I think. And, and just who we are, not just the work that we do, but anyway, right. Right. so powerful. It's so worth it like to do, to just try it, right. Try it for several months, see what it does for you. 
10 seconds. It takes 10 seconds a day. Do anything that takes 10 seconds to give yourself attention. Right. Love. It sounds so basic, but. It takes something. It really takes something. And I acknowledge all of you for continuing on the path when you don't feel it. Because in the small moments, we don't feel it. Mm. But it's at the small moments that the growth happens. It's not in the big ones. Mm. Oh, that's a quote for the episode for sure right there. <laughs> okay, so let's, we only have a few minutes left. So I want to dive into relationships with others. Um, what does that mean to you? And how, how do we have good relationships? Okay, so I want to share this because this is my life's work and mission is what does it mean to feel a sense of belonging? What does it mean to feel like I belong? And the reason that I care so much about supporting people on this path is because this is, I, it's still my journey, but for forever, I never felt like I belonged anywhere. And I was constantly seeking and searching and watching. How do you feel in community? What does it mean to have a group of friends that you feel so belong, such a belonging around and, and et cetera. And um, I, I heard this and I love this so much by this woman named Lynn Forrest. And she, she says, take the thing that has tortured you the most or challenged you the most in your life and turn it into your purpose. And when I heard that, I was like, that's exactly what I've done is I have felt tortured and not feeling a sense of belonging anywhere I've gone. And I've turned it into my purpose. Where today I, Maya Angelou says, we belong everywhere and we belong nowhere. And that's definitely what resonates with me. So when I'm talking about relationships with others, I'm thinking about how interconnected we are as humans. We are meant, we are hardwired, Brene Brown talks about, we are hardwired for love and belonging. We are hardwired to need each other. We are hardwired to yearn for uh, all the things of, that we want from other people. And so I'm fascinated and, and driven to support people and doing that in a way that feels nourishing and life-giving and not stressful and uh, isolating. So I don't know if that's answered your question enough, but that's what I think about. Yeah. And I can actually share a quick story too about an experience where I had a really hard time with this. Um, and I, I'd be curious if you have any that you're willing to share as well, but like, what does it look like when you don't feel like you belong? And then what does it mm. feel like when you do? Um, so Ooh. I was, um, so I started my PhD program, moved out to a new state. So I was living in Maryland at the time, moved to Colorado with my husband. My husband is amazing and a great support for me. I'm so grateful for him, um, but he's not enough. Like he cannot be my everything all the time and nor can I be for him. So we moved to a new place we try to start making friends, but it's hard. Uh, he starts making friends with people he, he, who he works with. And at the time I was going to school Monday through Wednesday, I would commute an hour and 10 minutes. Then I would work 20 hours the week for, for overall for the week. So I would start at eight work and then go to class right after. So from 8 AM until like usually 10 PM, I would be commuting 
class and work and coming home. So that was Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Thursday. I just had to commute and go to work. I didn't have class. So that was my life for three to four days a week. Um, on, I would have Fridays off where I would like write and try to do some, like a lot of my homework. Um, and on the weekends, like I wanted to hang out with my husband cause I didn't see him all week. And we tried to make friends. We tried to put ourselves out there, but it takes time. And it took a long time for me to build my community. And I remember I was commuting one day, I was commuting home and I was like, you know, by myself listening to my podcasts. And I just started crying because I felt so alone. I felt so like I didn't have my people and I have had a, I had a really great group in college that, oh my gosh, once I found them, I just felt like I could be myself. They challenged me to be better, a better person, you know, and, and I just so craved that so much. Um, but it was so hard and I was living here for two years before I really started to find that. And I started finding it in small ways where I knew I wanted to grow and develop. And I also wanted to meet other women. So I started a book club for women. And I invited people that I kind of heard about or like seen or like talked about a little bit. And then we brought them together and that has developed. And we actually still do that to this day. And it's been really cool. We have meaningful conversations. Some of them I'm closer with than others, but that's part of, I think, being in community too. Um, but it was so hard in that moment. So I just also want to acknowledge that if you're, if you're listening to this during COVID times, it's freaking hard right now. And we are all struggling with this community piece for sure. So yeah. Do you have any stories or anything that you want to share as far as like that dichotomy when you feel like so alone and you don't feel like you belong and then what happens when you do? Yeah. Wow. I just want to acknowledge that your experience you just shared. Thank you for sharing that. And I could feel, feel that pain. So just before I jump, I don't want to jump both for acknowledging that. And I feel like so much of the work I care about, you know, we talk about what movement we're a part of, Leisha and I talk about that. And I think about the movement I'm a part of is the undoing aloneness. So for all y'all out there that are feeling that way, um, I hear you and we can, we can really, relationships can really heal us. Um, yeah. So uh, I can share a story. Um, you know, it's so, you know, it's so interesting when you ask that because, you know, I, I even went back to the, just my college years of being in that group setting where every single other person knew each other and I was just working so hard to belong and I would go and I would sit quietly observing and taking everything in so that I could have something to add or something to say when everyone else knew each other. And I just thought there was something wrong. Why don't I have a group of people? Um, and for so long judged myself for not having a group of friends. Mm -hmm. I was always like kind of like the one-on-one -on -one type that had a lot of people from a lot of places. And um and I would see these groups and so badly just want to feel a part of them and didn't. And in those spaces, feeling like, what can I do more? How can I be more loyal? How, you know, what can I contribute so I'm useful? Or so I, 
am cool, like all of those things. And in every situation, even as an adult, not even just in college, you know, having that one friend, that's my person that will bring me into certain settings that I'm like, okay, thank God for him. Because if I didn't have him, what would I do? And it's like, no, that's not, that's not true. Um, so I still feel it. Um, and it's, it's a constant reminder to myself, um, that I, that I have to, that, <laughs> that it's my choice. I actually do belong here. That's the wildest thing. <laughs> Um, and I belong in these spaces and the ones that don't feel good, I don't want to belong in. And that's been a big learning for me, like trying to be in certain cool spaces. And the greatest learning is I don't feel good here. Why do I keep trying to belong? The reason I'm not is I could, I could, I could do this. The reason I don't is because it doesn't feel good. And so so where do I feel belonging now? What does that feel like is not constantly having to uh, calculate what I'm going to say next. So uh, I have- That is so good. <laughs> yes. But it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's growth. It's a work in progress, but there's a group. I, I became a part of this program and we were a group of five that met every uh, week for a year. And that is probably one of the first times I've really felt a sense of belonging where I shared all the, we, all the things that I might call like my weaknesses, my challenges, my shadows, like shared the nasty stuff about the stuff I don't really share with people or this kind of, I'm really vulnerable about sharing music I like. And it was a place where I could share that without feeling like they were gonna judge me. And it was just this place where I could just open my mouth and share and none of the none of the calculations were happening. And it was kind of like a big deep breath um, with these five people. And it took time to build it because they were strangers at first. And then we went on a weekend, we all met after a year of doing that um, virtually. And we met and I just remember being like, oh my God, I, I, I have these people that be, and because I invested in a space where we have shared values, it, gave me the permission to be just be and uh it's is one of the greatest greatest weekends mm. and by the way i felt moments of not belonging on that weekend that i had to work through so it's not blissful it continues to take effort Right. It's both. Right. I love that you make that distinction because I think sometimes a student will go to a new club or a new organization. They go try this new thing out and they're like, yeah, uh, this isn't for me. And sometimes it is very clear. This is not for me. Right. And you have to listen right. to that. But sometimes you're just uncomfortable because it's a new space. Yes. Right. And like, how do you, you have to, again, that's knowing yourself, right. And being able to differentiate. And then too, you said something about when you started not, not feeling like you belonged, you said you turn, you turned inward and you said, what's wrong with me? Right. You said, what's wrong with me? And it starts to make you feel like you don't matter. Right. People don't see me. People don't hear me. I'm not important. So I don't, and I don't belong here. And that just freaking sucks. And I know I have been there before. Um, and those aren't your people if they make you feel that way. That's right. Yeah. 
And it takes sometimes a few times of those experiences to actually internalize that. I right, definitely raise right. my hand on that one. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes you don't think that you belong because you've got your own shit that you're trying to work through. And it's not actually about you or like, it's, they want you, they, they feel they want you there. Right. It's totally genuine, but you're like, oh, they don't want me there. And that's not actually yeah. true. So like, that's another thing too, but <laughs> totally by the way, that's, that's basically what's happened is I'm the one that said, I don't belong when other people were the whole time saying you belong here. And I was, had this story in my head that I don't belong, that I kept taking with me that when mm. I finally took that mask off and just tried on something else, I'm like, Oh my God, this is such a different experience. I was, I'm, it was actually, I was depriving myself from something that I was getting. Mm. Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> so how do we start like is it opening up more is it being more vulnerable with others in order to belong like I don't know how do we do this better Mm. takes courage it takes knowing you're gonna fall We just, we have to, we have to know that risk-taking is part of this. Mm. And um, I, yeah, I'm going to share this. I (laughs) am experiencing pretty painful heartbreak, just coming out of a real relationship that meant a lot to me uh, with a man that I saw a future with. Mm. And my acupuncturist was talking about how in order for seeds to grow, they need to break. And in order for a tree to grow, the soil needs to break. And in order for the branch to get the flower to start growing, it needs to break. And in every part of the process of growth in trees, and I would say in a lot of nature, is there needs to be a break. So and then it grows. And so I'm thinking about heartbreak and heartbreak doesn't just happen in romantic relationships that happens with family and with friends. And it's when we take the chance to open it up and to share and potentially have that break. I'm experiencing it right now. So I'm not just saying it from a place of all's good and, and yeah, it's great when it, you know, we can handle it. I, I'm, literally telling myself this every single day that it it's giving me a greater capacity to be in to actually be in really powerful exciting relationships is when i keep leaning in and opening up so how do we do this is we mindfully intentionally choose to open up to people that feel safe Hmm. and that's where we trust ourselves and take the chance say the thing like so often other people are just looking for permission to also to also want to go there um and i think about relationships as bridges between us we have bridges between us and every person we're in a relationship with. And the bridge might be really strong and sturdy that you can easily walk across. Think about those relationships in your lives that are really strong. Think about the ones that are rickety 
and like the slats, you know, those wooden slats where you like look down and it's like the hundreds of feet that are kind of scary to walk across. Think about those that aren't really strong right now in your life. There's always something you can do to fix the bridge. There's always something you can do to build the bridge. And so it's also about taking responsibility to take the first step to fix the slat or to use stronger rope. And what might that one action, let's go back to that, what we were saying before, what's that one next action you could do that's in line with your commitment around that relationship or around taking courage and building relationship. So good. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm so sorry that you're going through that right now. Heartbreak, heartbreak is very hard. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Hang in there with that. Yeah. <sighs> well, is there anything else that college students should know about their relationship with their self, their relationship with others? I want to say create morning and evening ritual, do something that feels connected to things you care about, your values, things that are important to you, um, opportunities to shut out the rest of the world and focus on where you're at and breathe, breathe. We don't breathe enough. We don't even realize it, but slowing down to take a few breaths and that might be your morning or evening ritual of actually focusing on your breath. That can offer us a ton more answers and wisdom and connection and love and joy than we even realize. Mm. I love that. Awesome. Well, we will stop there. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Where can people find you or connect with you? So you can definitely find me on Instagram at nasia.miller, N-A-S-Y-A dot M-I-L-L-E-R and wide open spaces. That is the name of my biz. It's all wide open space, just like your lives. So uh, wideopenspaces.world. We're switching to .co very soon. And I'm going to be signing up for a clubhouse very shortly. So you can find me in clubhouse probably under the same name, Miller. All right. Awesome. And I can share all that in the show notes as well, in case you missed it or like need to come back to it, but thank you so much for listening to the college life podcast. Thank you so much for being on today. Really appreciate you. This was the best. <laughs> Can't wait for more. Thank you so much for listening to the college life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you share it with a friend that would mean the world. And also make sure that you are subscribed. We are going to be doing some really cool giveaways this summer. And I want to make sure that you have the opportunity to hop in on those things. So please make sure that you are subscribed and thank you so much for listening to the college life podcast. I'll catch you in the next episode. Have an excellent week.